You there? I can't hear you. You might be muted. You might want to go into your tools in Skype, tools, options, audio settings, and then see what that setup has. How about now? Oh, yeah, perfect. Yeah, okay. Sweet. I guess I'll start with my intro. I'm Rob Walling. Most people probably know me from my podcast, Startups for the Rest of Us, or my blog, Software by Rob. And I'm also the owner of Hittail. I'm working with Derek, who will introduce himself in a second. So we're working together on a new app called Drip. Talk about a little bit about yourself. All right, yeah. My name is Derek, and I've known Rob for probably close to two years now. We met at a, a local coding competition here in Fresno, and you know, I'm just basically getting started out with my software development career, and I'm very interested in uh, startups and building cool products, and I'm very excited about uh, Drip and the whole idea of this product. And you're a young lad. Yes. Yep. Graduated college in 2009. So I'm currently 24. So I'm interested to hear how you would define Drip. Well, like we mentioned, it's email marketing app, right? But it's it's different in a, in a few important ways than other apps out there that I've had experience with, such as MailChimp and, you know, your traditional email campaign applications. I guess the key difference is that it's focused more around getting people onto your email list in the most effective way and sending email follow-up sequences to your list. I like to say that in Drip, email sequences are first-class citizens, whereas they're just sort of shoehorned into other email apps as just a campaign that sends at a specific time. Building Drip with that in mind is kind of leading to, you know, a different product than your typical email marketing application. How long have you been coding on it? So I think the first line of code was written second week in December of 2012. I guess we're going on close to two and a half months. Two months. Two months. The 13th. Yeah. Okay. Two months. I think we put up the landing page around the same time you started development. So we have, uh, I think, just over 500 emails right now. Mm-hmm. I think about 300 of those are from just mentioning it on the podcast, Startups for the Rest of Us. I also went on TechZing and mentioned it, and I mentioned it on Foolish Adventure. I think that's about it. Mm-hmm. So that's nice. Some of that traffic will convert. For the most part, I think it's it's people just being interested in, in the app and wanting to see how, how the launch goes and how it's marketed and that kind of stuff. And that's okay. But I need to keep that in mind in terms of the, the true conversion rate of those will probably be lower than, than expected. Right. The other couple hundred have come from ads that I've run. I've run Facebook ads on some different demographics with different headlines and trying to test out the messaging. And that's been helpful because certain headlines have worked really well and other ones have just not worked at all. And so it's good to know that, right? We're two months, I guess six weeks away from development being complete. And we I already know some headlines that are going to work in ads, you know, yeah. and I already know conversion rate the conversion rate of people arriving at the page and and based on a cold facebook ad and giving an email are between 20 and 30 percent and that's not too bad Mm -hmm. so for you know for them not knowing me or or the app or anything the goal is and this is one of those things that i wouldn't say in public right now right but the goal internally is to have a thousand emails and not a thousand junk emails but actually a thousand like solid emails right Right. because if if i can get even a quarter uh, 250 people to try the app which i think is possible 
possible, and then 20% of those to convert, then we have 50 customers on day one. And that's my mental internal goal that, that may be smashed. You know, right. I may get we get customers, we may get 200, but it just in my head, I think that's reasonable. Yeah. So if we have 50 customers on day one, that gives us a really nice kickstart of, of recurring revenue. Right. And us a nice kickstart of people who can give us feedback on what the app needs to do. Yeah. And it probably doesn't help that I, I added the pressure. Do you remember what I said really early on in terms of the UI and the design of this app, what my goal for it was? Remind me. I said, I want people to think of this like a mint.com, right? like app that is so gorgeous and so easy to use. And even if we have to spend 20% more time building it, yeah. I want it to be that easy to use because so many of the especially email marketing apps, but a lot of the marketing apps I use, they suck. I learn them because they make me money, but I don't want to learn them. They're a pain in the ass. And I know that this app has an audience. I know that I can market it, but if we can also deliver a killer app that is really amazing and that gives people power without being complicated, we hit all three points of that triangle, right? The product, marketing, and execution. And so I'm sure you've iterated and iterated and iterated put something up and you use it for a day and then you're like, ah, this is just a little too, and then you got to re- kind of rewrite the front end, yep. right? Yeah, absolutely. And I'm still, I mean, it's an ongoing process. There's still pieces in the UI right now that I built weeks ago that I'm not happy with and I know they'll be changed. But, you know, as a product builder and designer and, you know, UX person, I mean, this is exactly the kind of work that you want to be doing is this sort of challenging UI work. It's really enjoyable to not be, you know, it's not a standard CRUD app. It's, it had, there's a lot more going on there. So it's, it's really fulfilling to be working on something, a challenge like that. We're rolling and it's the middle of March, March 13th. We're approaching the original deadline of April 1 that was basically a code complete early access alpha deadline. And uh, per some conversations we've had in the past week, decided to push that out. We've iterated already a little bit on the product and that has set us back, you know, a few days here and a couple days there. And so we aren't at April first right now, I think our schedule shows us at April 10th launching, like right around that time. You know, launching at April 10th is really tough because MicroConf is like two, well, I guess it's three weeks later, and I am pretty much out of commission for this latter half of April. So it just doesn't make sense to try to gear up and do a launch during that time. And I think that I think that if we had investors or we had like a hard deadline or reason that it needed to get done, that we would push and do it. But in talking to you and some colleagues of mine and my advisors, like my, I even talked to my dad and we just talked about what it looked like and what what it would look like to try to launch it. And he just kept asking like, why? Like you're in control. You don't have investors. You don't have to answer. Like, why don't you push this back? And I was saying, oh, let's push it back to early May. And he's like, why do that? Push it to late May. You're not going to push it off forever. Don't be concerned about that. Give yourself time because you're going to come back from MicroConf and I know that for a week, you're out of commission. Do this smart and don't burn yourself out. Don't kill yourself. I mean, I have been working until 1 a.m. the last week or two because I just feel like I have so much going on. So it's just the reality of... I think to do the launch right, that it needs um, needs to get pushed back. In addition, you and I talked a little bit about getting some early access customers in, and the more the more we looked at it, the more it was like we need time to do that. I was I was thinking that time could be baked into March, but it's just not the product's not far enough along to get anyone using it yet. We're still a couple right. weeks out from that. Right. So, yeah. And in talking yesterday, we kind of figured out like okay here's these you know certain features that if they're really in high demand 
from our early users, then you know that's that's going to be a huge feature to build. So you know it's it's that unknown at this point of if it's going to be super important, that could be a few a few added weeks of development to get it ready for the wider audience. Yeah, at this point, still end of May sounds close for some reason. You know, just because I know looking at the project plan and looking at all the marketing things we want to accomplish before launching. It does. It actually doesn't feel that far off. Okay, so here we are. We're at the end of March. It's March 28th, actually. As I'm looking at our drip project plan here in Google Docs, our estimated completion date says April 25th. So it's... <laughs> and last time I looked, it was April 10th. So talk to me about, about that. Yeah, so uh, I think for me, planning is always the um, the hardest part of of the process, just because, especially for things that require creativity or doing things that I've never done before, uh, you know, such as building an, an email rendering system that handles all the edge cases, for example, it's just really difficult to project how much time all that stuff's going to take. And lately, I've felt like a lot of the stuff I'm doing, it's it's like that final 20% of the project where it's sort of tying everything together, integrating everything together, filling in all the gaps. And a lot of that stuff are not actually fitting into specific line items on the project plan. Definitely been making good progress, but it is a little disheartening to look over at the project plan and see that dang it, I can't fill in any hours on any of these lines because they're kind of everywhere, you know? Right, right. And it's so it's the the completion date is not really April 25th. You mentioned offline that you haven't updated this one because you've been focusing on a separate documenting to, to really right. hit the next deadline, which is get this installed on Hittail. Right, right. yep. So, I mean, really leaving aside some of the other features that, are gonna, that we're going to need when we're fully public launched and just getting to that feature set that we need in order to install the widget on Hittail, sign up customers, and send the email sequences out. Just the core functionality, making sure all that works, and then we'll take it one one level out when we install our first outside customer, You know, widen the scope just a little bit, and then keep widening it until we're ready to go fully public. Very good. So we're looking... Probably by the next time we chat, this could feasibly be installed on Hittail, and you'll be iterating quickly there. Yes, to fix things that we notice are not are not working very well. Cool. Um, from my perspective, the email list is growing really nicely. We actually got listed on a website called Beta List, which is through. It's a guy that I helped at one point. You know, this stuff always comes back, but I mean, he asked me a question a long time ago, and we emailed several times and then he now has a fairly popular site that lists sites that are landing pages they get a lot of submissions and they only publish a few but he reached out to me you know and he was like hey i saw you have drip if you want it published just i'll send it and i'll publish it today awesome. and so we've gotten several hundred new emails from that so i guess that about wraps us up Here we are, almost the middle of April. It's about April 11th. Another week, I guess, has gone by since our last call. One thing I thought was cool is I've had this thing on my list for a while to send a, you know an update to the to the email list. Is uh, I think it's just over 1,300 now, 1,300 emails, and we had the early access list, which are the people who have heard the price, they know what it does, and they've committed to trying it out and said yes, they will use it if it has a positive ROI. Mm-hmm. That list was originally 11 and. Over time, I've let a few more people in, so it's now 15. People have just emailed out of the woodwork. Either they get an intro through someone or from the launch list, they also drop me a line and say, hey, I really you know, I have a need for this right now. How soon can I get access? Right. I think at this point, I'm going to stop unless I know the person or I know their app. Getting that list too big almost feels a little unwieldy. 
So I think I'm going to stop adding people unless there's a particular reason to. If they just ask, I'm probably not going right. to add them. But good problem to have, obviously. Yeah, totally. Um, and I sent an email yesterday to the whole list. It was really cool. It was an update with some screenshots. I got a really good response. I didn't ask for a response. You know, I mean, it was basically saying, here's an update. Like, you've signed up for this list, and here's what we're doing. And right. we're looking at launching in late May. And here's how we're different from MailChimp and AWeber. You know, if you look at our landing page, it's kind of vague. I mean, it basically says the value prop, right? Which is going to increase conversions. We're conversion focused. We are built around autoresponders. That's about it. So uh, the question most commonly that I'm getting is, so why, you know, why would I use Drip instead of MailChimp? Obviously, you and I know that inside and out right now, why mm -hmm. you would do that, but it's figuring out how do you communicate that. But one thing that did come out of that was when people would say, I'm really excited to use it. I kept replying, sounds great. What do you hope it does for you? Like, right. what, what is the thing that you're really excited about? Slipping a little bit of customer development. Totally. In there. Yeah. <laughs> it was, and I didn't, ex I didn't plan on doing that at all, but it really, I got some awesome answers. Answers of, bo of like, oh crap, we're not building that. Or right. absolutely, that's what it does. Awesome. Yeah. How about you? I think last time we talked, we were planning on getting it on Hittail within a few days, and it's not on Hittail yet, and it's been about a week since our last call. So. You know, on the other side of that deadline, I, I hate being on that on the, the that other side of the deadline. Definitely feel pressure for myself to 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 get it up there, but also having to balance the the perfectionist side in me to say, you know, is this really how I want it to look? And also kind of looking over the whole data model and coming up with some questions of, okay, we're assuming users are gonna use it this way. But if we need to change the way something functions to more to suit better suit what our customers need, then it may require some data model changes. And I know that changing the data model will be more difficult once once we've launched, once we have a production database with data in it. So now I'm just kind of reviewing the whole app and trying to figure out if there's any major things that need to be tweaked before we set up production database. Let's talk. Let's talk about that offline. I'll I'll yeah. probably stop the recording because it's we're gonna get in the weeds, and I don't think it's gonna be interesting for people. But suffice to say, the summary of this for those listening is we're at a point where we could be launching within a week and are realizing already. I mean, this is customer development, right? Realizing already how challenging it is to have legacy code. We have legacy yeah. code already, right? We're five months in. We haven't even launched. But we may, and I remember you and I discussing exactly what you're talking about and why that decision was made four yeah. months ago. And it makes sense as you raise this. It's like, yeah, we need to, we need to adjust and figure out a new solution. So, and this is going to be the story for the next six months. Bottom line, like, yeah, we, pro we will have to make data model changes after we go live. And you yeah. need to do that, but it'll, it'll get done. So I will chat to you with you next week. All right. Here we are. We're getting towards the end of April, about April 18th. MicroConf is about 12 days away. I know you've been working on getting Drip installed on Hittail. Hittail's customer zero. I think we've yes. said that before. How is yes. that going? It's going to go live on Hittail today. Okay. So finally, this was supposed to happen several days ago. And as soon as I started copying over our email course um, out of MailChimp into Drip, I started to see character encoding issues, you know, the dreaded diamond with the question mark in it <laughs> all yep. over the place. But finally made it through that and I think all the I think all those issues are ironed out now. Interesting. Yeah. And that so that was literally days of work. Um so that that 
particular part wasn't days. There were a few other minor issues that just sort of added up then that led me to today. I put the form on our Hittail test site and immediately saw some formatting issues, so I had to go in and kind of work through the CSS and make sure because the existing style sheets were conflicting with our form style sheets. And there are a number of other small things that just sort of added up to, to pushing us back to today. There are some little things that need to be polished, but it's just the minimum set of what you need to start a sequence, get it going, and have it automatically send and, you know, do the whole thing. All right. All right. All right. So here we are. It's almost the end of April. It's April 25th. And you have some big news. Yes. Um, so we finally, I think we said last last time that it was supposed to go live on Hittail that day. And about midnight of the last Thursday, it finally went live on Hittail. So we've been rolling for about a week now. And, you know, everything is working smoothly for the most part. We've had a few bumps, but no showstopper bugs or anything like that. And, you know, stats are coming in, people are subscribing, emails are going out. So, so it's all good. I feel like the biggest challenge at this point has already been within the past week, I've received another few emails of people saying, when is drip launch? I want to use it. And I'll reply and say, you know, what do you want to use it for? And there are a lot of different value propositions for it. And I'm realizing that I've focused a lot on like increasing conversion rate, right? It's basically a retargeting system that allows you to increase conversion rate, get more trials with a little bit of setup, and then it's a flywheel from then on. And to me, that's a no-brainer value prop, at least for SaaS apps and and e-commerce sites. But I've heard twice in the past week of like, oh, I just want to use it for plain old autoresponders. Like someone has multiple email courses that they send out over a period of time, and they just want it to not take them hours to set those up. They want a really simple way to do that. And they Mm -hmm. want a really simple way for people to go through multiple courses at the same time. That's been an interesting background thread for me. Yeah. So what are we going to, how are we going to decide direction on that? Is it come when our, in our next few customers, are we going to get more insight on that? Or is it come when we're launched to a broader audience, you think? I don't think it's in the early access. I think it's once we go broad, we're going to yeah. get requests for pretty interesting features, frankly, have already been suggested. Um, mm-hmm. We don't need to go into them here because it's kind of too nitty gritty for this this thing. But I think that's going to be a challenge. I think it's fun, but I think it's going to be a challenge for us to figure out right now what right. really is our value prop? What really are we doing for people? You know, what mm-hmm. is the biggest benefit? Yeah. Some of the newer uh, email apps in this space, I see a lot of them tending to go broad. Yeah, some of them start start small, and then I've I've revisited some of their marketing pages lately, and it's like everything email related you could possibly need, and it's like it's tempting to go that route because you get so many different people saying, "Well, but I just want to be able to do this with email. Can I use your same system?" Right. So it's going to be yeah, it's going to be tough to to draw the line and decide exactly what boundary are we, you know, not going to cross on functionality. Well, that's the advantage that I think uh, a bootstrapper has is that you don't have this half a million dollars or a million dollars sitting in the bank where your investors have expect you to grow your team to six or eight people and expect you to be at 50 or 100K a month in revenue in the next six to 12 months in order to justify the investment. When you're bootstrapping, obviously, we can take a more calculated approach to it and we can focus on a small, we could just say we are the email autoresponders for SaaS to improve your conversion rates. That's been the value prop so far. And that's not a huge market, but it, it's definitely a lucrative market and it's definitely large enough and then I think if we go that route and we do it really well, then it's easier to then move into these other spaces. Do you have any concerns over the next week? 
honestly, I think a lot of my concerns before dealt with just uncertainty about, about scope and how much, how many other little tasks were going to come up. So, you know, there's still always that that thing of, you know, are we going to encounter other other issues that have to be fixed before and it's going to push us out? But honestly, I feel pretty pretty solid with our plan that we have so far, and I think it feels a lot less risky now. What makes it let feel less risky? Just that I know it's it's in a state right now that's working, and we're we're able to now look at what's there and outline exactly what we need to do for the next customer. And the list isn't that long, and I know the hours aren't that long for each individual task, so it just feels like more more well defined. All right, I think we've talked long enough today. Here we are, first week of May. We're a week past MicroConf. You and I were both in Vegas for a good chunk of last week and, and then recovering for MicroConf after that. Where does Drip where does Drip stand? Currently Drip is still installed on Hittail and we are getting close to finishing our uh, short list of things needed before we can install it on our first um, outside early access customer. Got it. And so two weeks ago, you got installed on Hittail. It was about two and a half weeks ago. And then you and I sat down and went through basically everything that needed to get done in order to get it on to our next customer. You're, are you within hours at this point of being done with all that? Yes. I talked to customer one yesterday, and he said he'll be ready either today or tomorrow to basically... What we're going to do, the plan here is to send him an email with... The, the couple of steps, he I think he needs to do three different things to kind of get everything running and installed on his side and, and created in Drip. And, you know, you and I talked yesterday about whether we do it for him or whether we just kind of let him loose in the app. And and it's like neither of those, I, I think, is, is the best solution. Because if we do it for him, then we aren't testing a lot of the usability and some of the setup and that kind of stuff, the wizard that you get started. However, we all of our onboarding is not complete either. So just cutting him loose in there isn't really a fair test right. either. So we're going to send him an email with a basic breakdown of do this, that, and this, and then jump on a, a Skype hangout, or I'm sorry, a, a Google Plus hangout probably. And you and I will probably just hang out there for several hours with it on mute. And he can jump in if he runs into any issues or has any questions. Awesome. So that's where it is. All right. All right. Until next week. So here we are. We're halfway through May. It's May 14th. Uh, it's been a week since our last call. And last week, we were one day ahead of installing it on our first customer, customer number one, which is uh, Ruben from BidSketch. What, you know, what were your thoughts? So the next day, you know, last Wednesday, we, we got on a call with him. And what, what were your thoughts on how everything went? It was definitely, it went different than I expected. I think you kind of felt the same way in, in us talking about it. So he, he got on, I think, mid, about midday and kind of looked through the app and jotted down some notes about the first run experience, uh, which were just little minor uh, UI things that, you know, this didn't make sense here, or this was a little bit confusing. So that was really good feedback to get. And then uh, that afternoon, we kind of, we were in a Google Hangout with him and just kind of talking through a lot of the different things that that he's realizing he needed um, in order to really use Drip. And it kind of brought us back to the question of, you know, is is Drip supposed to actually be fully replacing, you know, the standard MailChimp-style app that just does one-off email campaigns? And so we kind of had to um, talk through that for a while and see, you know, what exactly, who are we trying to target and what exactly are we trying to build for these people? Are we trying to build a 
full stack solution? Or are we trying to really focus in on just the autoresponder sequences and then funnel these, you know, funnel these subscribers once they're done with Drip, funnel them into a, another provider like MailChimp or Constant Contact or whatever? So it was kind of it was definitely a, a overwhelming day just to kind of talk through, you know, all these different um, things that we need to work out. Right, because it's not just discussing a single feature or two features, whether we should implement them. It's, it's stepping back and saying, what does what is the job of Drip? Like, what is the job that it should do? And right. it, it really is a philosophical question at this point, at least, because we need to figure that out and figure out the core value that it offers because we don't have the luxury, being a two-person team, of building everything we want. I mean, that we could we could do this for literally months. So we have to figure out where is the core value that we offer to someone like Ruben or customers two through 15. Well, you know, we have 16 on the list now. Someone else wanted early access. So, you know, we now have 16 of those and it's like, where where's the core value we can add them that we can get just enough value that they are in fact willing to pay to pay the price we're asking. Yeah, yeah, it's so we we kind of narrowed it down to a few a few features that Ruben has to have in order to get started. So that's basically what this week has been, you know, trying to handle those out as quickly as possible. My concern moving forward over the next one to two weeks is we're back in a place of uncertainty because you know a month ago it was kind of lined up what you were building specifically build these build this build that and then we launch and that's a good feeling to just have it ducks in a row and you're just cranking and then we get to a point where you get every new customer you add from now on adds this whole level of uncertainty not just oh here's what they need it's should we build that feature is this person a fit for us now is that the app that we want to build because you can we you know we can have feature creep in here really fast and just get a a bloated complicated product and so trying to figure out how to build a simple easy to use product but that also provides a ton of value is uncertain right now right and it just that's my biggest concern i know that you can build the app i know i can market it it's all the other stuff it's figuring out you know how how to get that done and that's what that's part of what this this recording is is that my hope is in a month or two months that we're talking and we're like, yeah, we finally figured it out. Exactly. Right. You know, like we, we now have 10 people using it or 15 people using it and they've all given us feedback and this really does provide value. But, you know, already Ruben is using it or wanted to use it in a way that I didn't necessarily anticipate. So the, right away it's like, oh, people are already using our product in a way that we didn't anticipate. Do we roll with that or not? You know, and so far, right. yes, yes, we have. And I, obviously we'll continue to but we have to evaluate it every time so right. there'll be a lot of of kind of uncertainty and feeling out what we should build over the next couple of months i think and i think once we're past that i will feel better you know what i'm saying it's not yeah. it's not that i feel bad right now but i definitely know there's a time coming over the ne- over these next couple months where it's going to be like oh, a lot of thought and decisions and you know i won't say stress but it's kind of like this is this is hard work. This is the hard work. I mean, marketing it is one thing, when, but once you have a product that you know people need, we know how to do that, you know? Yeah. We've, we've done that right. before. All right, so it's the third week of May, and it's been a week since we chatted last. What's, uh, what's your update? 
Happy to announce that we are finally live on customer number one, Hooray. someone who isn't one of the products that we own. <laughs> uh, I think last time we talked, we had had a long discussion with uh, with Ruben, our, our first customer, and um, kind of went through all the things that he absolutely needed that he only realized, you know, once he actually got into the app. We cranked those out uh, quickly over the last week, and after we got those live, he was able to fully import his his autoresponder sequence and get it going. So now it is um, showing live on several hundred pages on his website. It's a nice it's a nice milestone. Everything takes longer than you think. You know, I expected us to be here a month ago probably, yeah. <laughs> but it just a bunch of little things come up, and they they seem like little things, but then it's like, oh, that's two days of work, and there's another one that's two days of work. So bam, that's a week. Yeah, it feels like it's 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 always good. You know, it's last over the last week. It was kind of like, oh man, I just really want to get it live on them. But now that it's live, it, it feels good. Like we hit another little milestone. All right, I guess that's it for this week. Okay, so here we are. Last couple days of May. Well, where are we? Okay, I think last time we were. Well, I think we had just had the discussion about the fact that he either needs to move wholesale over to Drip all his Mailchimp stuff. Or he runs into the issue of someone opting in through Drip and someone opting in through one of his other MailChimp campaigns and getting duplicate emails. And so um, that was one one hang-up with with Ruben, and it basically comes down to the fact that he's a he's an advanced user and has a lot of campaigns set up and a lot of different things he's already testing, and it's difficult for him to just dip his toe in drip and not move over wholesale. Right. The further we got in, the more we realized his setup is actually quite complicated. It's more complicated than I had realized for sure. The further we got into it, the more we realized, wow, he's probably not a good customer, number one, for for us, because we're going to have to build a lot of stuff that no one else may use for months or may ever use, depending on the level of, of, you know, advancement of users that sign up. So we actually got to talking this last week and you know, as I was working through some of our some of our issue backlog, I started to realize that we can either kind of work in a a way with our existing architecture, work in a way to show how to send a different first email to people, or we could kind of go back and work through our our data model. What that equates to is probably a couple weeks of basically standing still, not building new features, which was a a tough decision for both of us, I guess, to to look in the face. But um, at the end of the day, I think it is going to make it a lot easier to build out new features in the future and be more flexible for advanced users like Ruben. Yeah, so it's taking a step back, but it was one of those decisions of do we push things off for two weeks now and potentially save ourselves three months or six months or so, a tremendous amount of effort later because if we launched and got 500 customers using this and then we hit the limit of it we would either need to pull some serious hacks or we need to go back and re-architect it later and then try to migrate everyone to basically a new data model i mean it would just be a very very bad thing so right. hard decision because giving up two weeks right now feels it feels like an eternity you know because we've been living day to day super agile fast development iterations so it was a hard decision yeah i mean with with this change comes a little bit of added complexity you know now we have to it was really simple before where you just you go in you create an email sequence and set up your emails and you're done now it's 
now we have to deal with the concept of you know setting up your first email and then setting up this sequence that can be reused in other campaigns that you're working on so it's just it's added complexity that we can definitely overcome that but now it's like you know how do we go about this in the best way so that it is easy it's easy for people who have a simple case and then progressively gets more powerful for people who are more advanced. I guess on the marketing front, the emails continue to come in. I mean, Drip is just being mentioned here and there, just enough that people are continuing to sign up for the list. It's over 1,400 now. I mean, it's growing a lot slower than it was, but it's still just, you know, I get between, I see one and five emails a day. You know, thinking of this as a founder of like trying to launch this, there's a lot of uncertainty right now. And I feel like that uncertainty is going to last for several weeks right now, if not several months, because we're trying to find problem solution fit still, right? We don't, we haven't even solved anyone's problem yet. It's on Hittail, Drip is on Hittail and it works and we've solved our own problem. But now we have to find the next five or 10 people who we solve it really well for. Right. And then we have to figure out how to productize that and market it. That's product market fit. But I'm still, I mean, you and I are going to probably turn off the record button here and still discuss that a little bit because I've still go back and forth on do we serve beginners? Do we serve advanced? What are the pros and cons of those? Can we serve both well? Which features is, do we build next? And yeah. all that. So I guess mentally, I'm not exactly sure what we're building and who we're building it for right now, which yeah. is kind of a, <laughs> it's a little scary, you know? It is. Yeah. It seems so simple. You know, when, when you're first talking about the idea and you're pitching it to people and you you know, you realize it's definitely a pain point. You have, you talk to a few people who are in similar circumstances as you and they have the same problem. It seems so simple up front. And then when it gets down to the details, it's, it's like it really, you really do have to lock in on a certain, you know, really focus in on the right set of features. And there's so many, there's so many things that can be implemented around email. So finding those exact implementation details that are going to really serve the needs of everybody is tougher than it seems up front. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. So here we are first week of June. It's June 4th. And I guess it's been one week since our last recording. Uh, When we last left uh, this, we were basically planning to kind of stand still for a couple of weeks and go back and refactor the core of the app essentially like the data model which breaks everything above it you know not only all the all the code but then all the ui and everything and so we're just about a week into that i guess how, how are things going yeah just about a week in and anyone who's ever done a refactor like this you know that Basically, you have to break everything or almost everything <laughs> in the process of, you know, just reorganizing the database and way, the way things are stored, the way things are displayed. So it's, it's a little unnerving to be at a point where, you know, we have one, one branch of the code is completely functioning and still working on Hittail. And now the new branch is all broken. You know, hundreds of tests are failing from the test suite. And it's, you know, it's, it's kind of unnerving. But, you know, this is the kind of thing I guess you just have to kind of push through and, and uh, try to get it done as fast as possible so that it's all working again. You know, last week we hadn't even given sent out the survey, had we? No. Yeah, because we kind of talked about that. So I had a mastermind meeting the day after our last recording, and it kind of hit me in the middle of the meeting that I needed more. I feel like we need more information. Like I, I, I was frankly for about the past three to four weeks, I've been feeling quite down about drip. I know that it's going to be successful eventually. There's always this dip, 
you know, there's this this down part where things. I mean, I felt it with Hittail uh, a year ago, February, where things were not growing, and I was. I won't say I was depressed, but I was just, I feel it. It's a weight. It's an anxiety that rides with me all day. I think about it at night. I mean, this is what I do, right? This I'm, I'm a founder. I'm like thinking about this stuff all the time. And so for the past three-ish, four-ish weeks since we, we've had struggled to get customer one on and even struggled to, to get direction, I feel like what are we building next and what's the most important and how do we decide what's the most important? Because customer number one had all these complicated, not complicated, but yeah, I guess there are complicated requirements that, that would be a lot of work to implement. And then when we, when we spent all the time and built features and then couldn't get him working on Drip, it was, it was kind of a blow of like, wow, we're, we're, we've taken a step back. You know, we've, we basically back where we started three or four weeks ago. So as a result, we had this 1,400-person launch list, right, email list from the landing page. So I put together this survey. You and I batted around what to ask on this thing. And the key piece that I think made everything easy to uh, dissect is that the first question is, what is your role? Are you a startup slash software founder? Are you uh, an email marketer? Are you a general marketer? Are you an other? And other turned out to be a bunch of consultants and, and some info product marketers and stuff. Then I asked the questions, what's like the number one pain point you're trying to solve and gave them four choices. What's the other thing you want Drip to do? And I listed some things that we are on the fence about building, like split testing within the app. Uh, and then I asked a couple other questions. And the results were completely enlightening and they supported a bunch of our hypotheses, but now I'm confident that those are right. They're not just hypotheses anymore. In addition, they countered some other things, like we were really backing off of split testing because I was thinking, we were both thinking, hey, we're building maybe this more for beginners, whereas overwhelmingly people wanted, wanted split testing built in from the start. And then the other thing that was really cool was being able to segment and see what do info marketers want versus email marketers versus startup founders. And as it turns out, again, this met up with my gut feeling, but a lot of, of startup founders want things that we've already built. Like we're pretty much, we're 90 plus percent of the way there. We could feasibly launch, you know, with, if we got our onboarding in place, we could launch with the feature set we have basically. The MailChimp integration, the, the basic drip pop-up form, the widget, ease of creating a follow-up sequence. I mean, they, they really just wanted a few simple things. And then split testing, I guess, is the other thing. This made made me realize that we really are on the right track. And I'd started doubting that after the kind of the uncertainty that had been, been thrown up trying to get customer number one on board. Right. Yeah. And it was interesting because I think you, what was it, a couple days, the day after the survey went out, we already had several hundred responses. And you know, you called me and basically said, here's what I'm seeing. And, you know, it looks like a good chunk of these people could use it as it is today. So should we really go down this route of refactoring or, you know, how extensive should it be? And I thought that was, that was kind of an interesting realization. And it's, it's encouraging that to know that we are on the right track and have been for a while. And even though parts of the refactoring are still going to be important to do, we discovered that it doesn't have to be quite as, you know, generic as we were going to make it. You know, it can be, it can still be basically function uh, almost the same as it did before, but just on the back end, be easier to extend in the future as we need to. Right. So we're not going to build out a big piece of the UI that we were going to implement as an example. Because mm-hmm. people just really don't care about that. Well, as it turns out, again, once I have real data in front of me and not just 10 or 15 conversations, the conversations are important. 
right? They, sh they, they flesh things out, they give you an idea, but the, the broader data, a sample size of, you know, 1,400 email addresses, but essentially we're over 300 responses now, so it's 22% response rate. That is what really solidified in my mind that, that we're, we are definitely on the right track. Like, um, I, I, I just don't have much doubt about that at this point. So. Yeah, it's really it really is taking a page out of your own book, literally your book. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. Building the list and then well, now we've just leveraged the list really for the first time, you know. That's right. That's yeah. right. Beyond just, you know, I've I've called in four or five people at once to do beta lists before. I've emailed obviously to to do a launch and to get some early revenue and get early customers, but this is one more example I have of how to use it, I guess, that mm -hmm. that I think is, wow, it's been super insightful. Because when you have like 15 suggestions, you have no idea which ones are crazy and which ones you should build. It's really hard to know, right? Even though we're using Drip on Hittail, we have a gut feeling as a customer what we want. I was getting, still getting things and, and not knowing really what to do with them, you know? Mm -hmm. But now seeing this pattern gives me a basis to work from mentally so that ones that come through that are outliers, I can kind of, I'll, I'll file them away, but they're in the probably not going to build section. Anything else? That's it for me. All right. Me as well. Talk to you next week. Okay. So here we are. Uh, it's June 11th. We are basically two and a half weeks into the refactor, the database refactor. So talk to us. What's the what's the status update? Yeah, so I think last time we talked, it was supposed to be done in about a week. I had about a week left. I guess less than a week left because we talked on Tuesday. It was supposed to be done by Sunday. It went, it didn't go too far off the plan, but it did take an extra couple of days, uh, which was tough. But, you know, I think we talked last time about uh, you know, I felt really deep in the trenches, like everything was broken, you know, at that point in time. And a couple days later, sure enough, like we talked about, more and more tests started to pass, everything started to come together, and I could really see the light at the end of the tunnel. So, you know, this weekend I started working on setting up the new server box, and sure enough, you run into various bugs in production that you don't encounter in your development environment. I hate those bugs, but you know they and they take a little bit more time to diagnose. But uh, I finally made it through most of those, so I think we're we're just about ready today to relaunch on Hittail. Got it. So yeah, so we've turned it off essentially on Hittail for a day or two, right? And there's right. no there's no widget down there now. And so yeah, we're going back. We really are taking that step back to customer zero, right? And now we'll troubleshoot, and then we'll have to sign up and test to make sure emails are sending and make sure they send on the right days and all that stuff. We troubleshot the first time because it's so there's such a huge amount of new code where you are right now still the right choice yeah most definitely i'm walking through the app and it feels a lot better to me yeah good there's some decisions you make where you get a little bit down the line and and they they start feeling worse the further you get into them and the others mm -hmm. you start feeling better the further you get into them you know Right. And it seems in our conversations that you've it's been the latter for you it's like yep this is definitely the right choice you know Right. Awesome. Yep. And then we have a customer number one now who's different than he just kind of approached me out of the blue. And he's a pretty simple test case. And so we have a chance of getting him on. I think it's ambitious to think by the end of the week. But I think by perhaps by our next call, we could have him up uh, if everything goes well. Right. Cool. Just a few, a few more features to add for him and then he'll be ready to, yep. ready to go. Yep. Yeah. I guess that's it for this week.
Okay, so here we are, uh, June 18th. Update us. I think last week we had just, I just finished the refactor and it was running on Hittail and seemed to be running pretty smoothly. And just getting started on some features for our first, let's see, well, we have a we have another early access customer who's a simpler use case than, than Ruben. So we had a couple of features to knock out for this one and those features are complete. And I think yesterday we just sent him some credentials to, uh, to get into Drip and start setting up his campaigns. Right. So customer number one is named John, and he got the credentials last night, and he's on UK time, and he said he's going to try it today. So since his use case is fairly simple, my hope is that it's just a branded setup. Yeah, I think we talked about this last time, that if, if he has trouble or it's not serving his needs, then we know that we have some some bigger issues to tackle before we're ready to even think about moving on to a more complex use case. So it's good to kind of smoke test it, I guess. Yeah, I'd agree. Yeah. Cool. Anyways, well, I guess that wraps us up for this week. Okay, so here we are. It's the last week of June, and it's been one week since our last call. Why don't you update folks on uh, what's been going on with Drip since we last spoke? Quite a bit has happened. First part of last week, we emailed a couple of our early access people who are on the early access list, and uh, we got two two customers on board, each with multi-part email sequences, and they've been running pretty smoothly. But as you would expect, adding um, you know sending in their their feature requests and things that weren't quite clear for them, and so our our fogs, fog bugs list has expanded quite a bit. Fortunately, a lot of the items that were added are not massive you know, features that are going to take 40 hours to build. So a lot of them are quick ones, which is good. But overall, that's been, a, I think, a positive positive thing to get them in there and, and hear their feedback. Yeah, I think for me, getting the, the two people on board last week felt like a, a big milestone. It was kind of that small step when it happened of like, oh, a code's installed now. But then over the next four or five days it has it's been it's felt like a monumental achievement it's a really big step in the life of this app the email communication and the one-on-one communication i've had with them has been super enlightening because they're actually using it it's not like they installed it as a favor and they're not doing anything with it i mean they're both I, you look at the number of times a couple of them have logged in so it's jeff from ambassador it's getambassador.com. he has referral software or uh, ambassador management software and then it's a brennan dunn with plan scope which is project management software and they are using i mean it's it's active and they're looking at it and they're looking at it mold, one or one or more times a day they're logging in and seeing how many subscribers they have and looking at conversions all that kind of stuff and then their feedback has been super helpful because you know what we don't have 500 people in there or even 100 people in there who are like throwing these barrages of features at us that we have to say well, which do we build and which is important and no we're not going to build that one pretty much everything that has come through we are going to build like almost if not every feature at some point they're all things that I can see as soon as I send them through I say well of course of course it should do that like this is they're they're using it just like we would and like our target target audience will and that's that's good because it's right in line we don't have like if we had an e-commerce provider in here he would ask for different features you know or if we had a maybe someone who's doing enterprise lead gen or you can get all these related goals you know people who have similar goals and could use the tool but they would ask for different features and that's where it gets really hard this early on is that we can only build so many things at once Every product sucks when it starts. Uh, yeah. Drip has a good core, but there's a lot of little weird bugs and little subtle things that you just can't you can't possibly predict until it's installed on production websites. 
yeah, it's just it's always it's always a process, but it feels good. We have to get this out of the way eventually. We you can't avoid this, you know. Yeah. And, and we're in we're in it right now, but it feels good. It feels like forward motion to me, and it felt like for about six weeks there that we were especially during the refactor time, you know, no forward motion, right? We're, we're standing still, no new features. We have our roadmap for the next two to three weeks, probably. And even if we veer away from that and do these one-offs for, for the early access customers, those still move us forward, you know? Those yeah. are all are part of the roadmap, as I see. There's not a feature we've built that I think will not be used by a big chunk of our customers. So it's been fun. It's been a real up, it's been an up week for me personally. With yeah. I'm very excited about it. So it's it's the end of June, and I think in my head, the next steps are to get as many of the rest of the early access customers on as are going to get on. I've contacted a few more, and some of them, like one of them is not no longer the CEO of his company. Wow. And so, yeah, and I don't know the new CEO, and so we'll see. We may not install on them, you know, but we have 19 or 20 now on the early access list. I think my goal is... I think realistically is to get half of those. Like if we get 10 people actually using it, uh, 10 SaaS apps actually using it, and we build out what they need in the next four to six weeks, Mm -hmm. I think that's my goal. And then the next thing, I think we do a layered launch where we take the the first, you know, there was a segment of about 100 people who replied to that survey who are exactly our target market. They're Mm -hmm. SaaS apps and they want exactly the value prop that we already offer. And that, you know, it just, everything was in line already. I think we launched to them first and get them in because I think we'll probably convert a lot of them and we'll really want to handle them with kid gloves. And so to only get, you know, you figure out of that hundred, maybe we get 20 to 50, somewhere in that range, get them in and then really figure out, get our bearings, build everything for them. And then we launch to the broader list, which will convert much less. But those people are the ones who are going to start scattering us, right? Because there's, there's consultants, there's info marketers, there's e-commerce sites, there's all these things that are kind of peripheral to our core vision right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have to stick close to the core vision because there's two of us, you know, plus, <laughs> Ant, plus Andy doing support. Like we don't have a team to build all these things at once. So in my head, and that's just something I've been thinking about over the last couple of days. I haven't put that on paper at all, but I think that four to six weeks we launch, hopefully we launch to that, that first group in the mailing list. And then who, we'll have to see what happens over the next week after that right because they, they may put so much on our plates that we need another month but we'll, we'll have paying customers right that's what i mean right. if we get let's just say we get 30 people paying us 50 bucks a month we'll have 1500 in revenue and that's something you know it's something to get started so at least we've launched and we can say that we're early accessed my goal by the end of the launch and i mentioned this the other day that would be to have 100 total 100 total paying customers 50 bucks a month so that by the time we're done with that email list that we have five grand a month in revenue kind of a again it's it's a wild guess Mm-hmm. that may wind up it could be half of that you know it could be 2500 it could be twice that although i doubt it but we'll see very good well that was my soliloquy on our past present and future direction i've just been giving it a lot of thought last week really reshaped i think it, it re-motivated me to be honest. i mean i've been motivated the whole time but it really ignited something of like wow this drip drip's gonna do something once yeah. again i feel that way and and so I've just been noodling on it. All my spare time has been kind of caught up in thinking about our plan of attack and what's next for us. So mm-hmm. that's how I see it today. The fun part is four podcasts from now, you know, in a month, it may be totally different, but that's right. that's why we're doing this. So. Yep. All right, sir. Until next week.
Okay, so it's been two weeks since uh, we last spoke. It's now July 9th. Well, why don't you, I guess, set the stage, let folks know where Drip stands, both in terms of development and customers and, and what we've been up to for the past couple weeks. Sure. So the last time we talked, we had just gotten two um, of our early access customers on board. And as of today, which is about two weeks later, we have um, a total of five outside early access customers in addition to ourselves on, with Hittail. So um, that's been good. No major, no major issues, just mostly minor things coming up um, that have been added to our task list. It's been good motivationally to be able to, to crank through the list fairly quickly with one to two hour tasks. So it's been good. Bottom line is it's good for motivation, I think, for both of us to see all that stuff getting getting finished up. There's a lot of fine-tuning. There's a lot of finishing up of features. It's like putting the trim on when you're doing construction. You know, everything works, but you don't have that the nice face plate or the final, you know, molding around the door or whatever. My goal is to get between one and four people on per week right now. And uh, I actually just sent you, you know, an email for two more logins. That, so hopefully we can have some more people live this week. And then, frankly, we, we spoke yesterday at lunch, and we spoke about the early, early bird list, which is a subset of the launch list that, when I surveyed, they really needed the value prop. They really valued the value prop that we're offering right now without anything else. And of the, you know, it was about a 1,400-person list at the time. I think, like, there were between 80 and 100 who this drip is just, at this point, is just made for them. Like, they would, most of them would probably get a lot of value out of it. So I think we're going to launch to those guys first, get them on board, iterate. I could see that taking weeks, you know, two to four weeks just with them. But if we get them in and get people trialing, some revenue starts coming in. And the product will just be so much more solid when we then email the, the launch list, which is going to be over 2,000 for sure by then. Right. So I think that's where we need to figure out if it's possible for us to launch to that list because we need to have onboarding done. By the time you email 100 people, we need to have a lot of things in place. Like we need to have at least, we don't need to have billing code done, but we need to be able to bill them 14 days later, you know, and we need to, we need, so we need to have room to build that. I'd like to have split testing done before then. We need to have our onboarding set. I think I already said that. We need to have more videos. There's, there are still some, oh, like settings. We, no one can reset their password right now. But I feel like I'm definitely motivated and excited and stoked and ready to hit this hard. And for our conversations yesterday, I feel like we're on the same page. And like we, yep. there's a lot of forward progress, perhaps more forward progress than I've felt in a couple of months. An acceleration of, of momentum. And I don't, I mean, what do you think, what do you attribute that to? Um, I think it, it, it's sort of like the product feels like it's more like we have a 1.0 or a, I guess a 1.0 release candidate, or I don't know how you say, it, you know, but we have a, we have a product there and now it's refinement. And it felt like before there were all these big black boxes and, you know, this could take between 40 and 80 hours approximately. And it was just, it's hard to measure that. And, and we didn't have anyone on the outside using it and actually giving us feedback on what we're doing and what's most important to do. So we were guessing. So I think that's the biggest thing is we're no longer guessing at what's most important. And we actually have people using it. So we know that it's working and useful in its current state. I get maybe two to three emails a week right now from our just from our five early access, and they either run into minor issues that we need to tweak. I think there was one bug that came through yesterday. That, again, it was like you know an hour to fix. It wasn't anything catastrophic. And then there are lots of smaller feature suggestions and and pretty good 
tweaks coming through, good ideas from these people. I won't say we lucked out because it was it was a deliberate choice, but our first five customers are all founders of their own SaaS apps. That's our market. And so they know how what a good product does, how it works, what it should be. We don't have non-technical users coming in here and saying, I wish that I could push a button and you know have something completely unrealistic happen, right? Or, <laughs> or something just that we don't want in the product. None of these guys are like that. All right, man. All right. That's it. Yeah, so here we are. We're halfway through July. We've actually just recently moved into our new office, which is kind of cool. So the sound quality may be a little different this episode because we're, for the first time, recording in person, both in the same room. Uh, so what's been going on? Um, let's see. I think we talked last time about how we mapped out our plan basically for getting a segment of our early access customers on, hopefully by the end of this month, which is several weeks away now. And so I've been cranking on one of the earlier tasks on that list, which is to get our sequence blueprints feature implemented. And basically it's pre-written starter sequences that people can use to, to get their campaign started. Cool. And you basically finished that last night. Yeah, this is a really nice onboarding feature because it allows people to come in who don't have a sequence and basically choose a pre-written one and just slap some extra content in or even have one that's pretty generic. I don't think it's it's not going to convert it nearly as well as, as a truly custom one, but um, this is an, a feature that no one else has. This is that taking it to the next level of like, what's the next level of value you can provide for your customers in order to get them using your product? You know, if they use one of these pre-written ones, they can get uh, the little drip widget installed and get using drip within minutes, you know, five or 10 minutes, as opposed to several hours like it, like it would typically take. So I'm, I'm really excited about this one. And then in terms of early access customers, I think we're, I was just looking at the list and we have, you know, 12 or 13 logins, but I think there's maybe eight or nine people who've installed it. It's nice. The, the number of feature requests new people send in is almost zero now. Like, there just aren't any no-brainer. I mean, aside from a big one like split testing, which I've already said, you know, we're going to be doing, there's not stuff coming through anymore. We've really implemented, I think, a lot of the low-hanging fruit based on the core value that we provide. A couple weeks left in July, and I, I think we have about a month until we're going to launch to that, that segment. It's at one or 200 emails out of our list. Um, the email list, I mean, it's almost at 1,900 now. It should be a no-brainer. It'll be you know over 2,000 by then, but there's kind of this core segment of SaaS and software people who really need what we've built so far. And I think that we're about a month out from that, but I want to keep getting between one and four new early access customers online. Where the other trip is, I had 11 on the early access when we first started, and that has slowly grown. I think it was at 17 when I first started letting people in. Since then, the majority of people who are actually using it now were never even made it to the early access. They were like referred by someone else who was using it or they saw the thing on, on someone's site. It's just kind of been a word of mouth type thing, which is um, unexpected, I'll say. All right, so almost at the end of July, it's July 26th now, things are starting to pick up speed. That's how it feels to me. I just went into the dashboard to try to do a count because, you know, the update has been like, there are four early access customers and there are seven early access customers. And we're at the point where there are so many that we need to start adding, adding paging and sorting to the grid. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's, the, and it's, nice. I mean, if I were to just skim through it, 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 you know, it's 20 maybe. 
right around 20, I think. There's probably between, I'd say right around 40% that are, no, actually it's more than that. It's probably 50% who are actively using it have sequences set up and are at least getting some some subscriptions. Of those, there's a nice little chunk that has has been around long enough. Because, you know, it takes a week or two to start seeing some results from this um, because people don't just convert right away. But there's a nice chunk, you know, a handful who have gotten enough value out of it that they've actually already paid. So this, this is like Yay. a big milestone. Yep. So yeah. w- with a manual push of a button, completely not automated, we build five customers this week for a total of around $300. And that's monthly recurring revenue. I have calendar reminders for myself right now because we don't have a billing engine built. So we either need to have it built by next time or I just need to you know, rebuild these guys. At a certain point, once we hit about 10 or 15, I'm not going to be able to keep up with it. We basically have approximately 30 days to think about getting that engine done. Not worried about that, but we're at the do things that don't scale phase still. And and how are you feeling? Are you feeling tired or are you like stoked and kind of in the zone? Yeah, good question. I'm feeling stoked now. A, a couple days ago, I was starting to feel really fried just architecting the split testing engine. But once I kind of figured out the solution I wanted to do, then I kind of got re-energized. So get, at least getting a small win really helped. Sure. And, and the architecture and thinking through those really hard problems is that's always the hardest part. That's the part that's where the resistance comes up and, and your brain doesn't want to work on it at all. Okay, so it's been what, maybe four days since our last recording, but even then we still have some new stuff going on this week. You were working on split testing last time we discussed. Update us on that. We talked on a Friday. It's now Monday. Tuesday. It's now Tuesday. Um, and I just launched split testing live into production last night. It is basically done. Very cool. And this this is a milestone because it's the last feature that we need implemented to clear out the early access list. There are three or four left on the early access list who expressed that you know they really needed split testing. Probably plan tomorrow to send out the remaining emails, get everyone else either on board or you know if they don't want to use it, that's that's the other option. But to kind of be done with that phase, um, that feels like a nice milestone to hit. Yeah. Um, there's there's other features we've laid out, and I need to go back. We need to get estimates for them because just new stuff is cropped up as people are using it. But I bet we have you know another three weeks to get to the point where we can get in the pre-launch list, which is about a, between 100 and 200 people. It's a subset of the launch list. So this is definitely worth talking about. I mean, it, 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 it's essentially a milestone. Yeah. The other thing is I posted a, um, it's a job description for a uh, growth hacker intern that has been going pretty well. I've gotten some really interesting applicants, as I had hoped. Some people who are working for startups, like one guy is working for a, a B2C venture back startup, and he said, I've realized this is more of a game than a real business. Like, it's really <laughs> interesting to hear, you yeah. know, hear commentary like that. And he's like, I actually want to do B2B. I want to, you know, make money and work for myself at some point, and I'm not learning here skills to do that. Mm. He's learning a different set of skills, you know, right. and it's just not going to help him ultimately so i'm i'm excited about that that it'll be a second set of hands to do a lot of the marketing stuff basically tomorrow or the next day is is august and i really want to get the pre-launch list emailed in august like that's a goal i'd love to be halfway through but i don't know if we'll get get everything done in two weeks i I do have a little bit of concern because i'm leaving for a month in october and that's essentially 60 days from now you know and it's for microconf europe how how close do we launch (laughs) to that right Uh, now luckily i don't maintain any of the code so if it's bugs and that kind of stuff then that's you, you know, yeah. and and we'll have uh, we'll have Andy, this our support guy, on board doing support, and so realistically, I shouldn't be 
so involved yeah. in that part of it. Like things will work, but it, it isn't, it's something I hadn't even thought about when we looked at launching in last April, four months ago. <laughs> I mean, it just, this is how it goes. So, right. and we can definitely, I was talking to someone, we could definitely be moving faster. Someone said, well, just email the whole list and get them in. And we could, we could just wrap up worth the stuff and get everybody in and, and call it an MVP or something. I just, I think that'd be a mistake because then you lose, you kind of bleed out this 2000 person launch list and yeah. a bunch of people bail because you don't have the features they want and we will have them in three weeks, you know? So why not right. wait to that point until the app is onboarded and trial emails and all that stuff. If you launch before that point, I think you, you bleed a lot of people out who could get value out of the app. Right. So that is why we're taking it slow. Okay, so here we are, first week of August. What What's going on? Split testing's live now. Bravo. Uh, yeah, we got that. We're running a, a delivery timing test, and I think you notified a couple of our early access guys about it too, right? right. And they ran some quick, quick split tests. Yeah, that seems to be going smoothly, so it feels like a big milestone was reached. When you and I sat down in an Ironbird Cafe here in Fresno nine months ago, I said, all right, I have an idea for this app and it's going to do these four things. And it was the widget, it was split testing, it was the concierge service was, was a big deal, and, mm-hmm. the, and the blueprints, the sequence blueprints we have. Those were, those were really the four key elements. Mm-hmm. And what's funny is building the concierge service was you putting a button that emails our, our support guy <laughs> <laughs> that says someone wants a concierge service. So that was a, a 10 minute feature right. and split testing was the UI was over a week and the back end I'm sure was a long time to design all the all the code and all that stuff because you did that a few months ago. Yeah. But now it feels like the the initial vision has been achieved and so all of the early access customers have been notified at this point. And I'm basically telling them at this point, if you don't have time to do it now, then just wait for the pre-launch because we're going to do a three, three-step thing where we have the early access with about just about 25 people in it now, and maybe we'll have 30 by the end. And then pre-launch will be between 100 and 200 emails sent. So who knows? We get 40, 50 people in there. But those are people that I don't have a personal relationship with. We don't know them. So mm-hmm. that'll be a different, you know, kind of a new setup. In addition, I've been doing a one-on-one hand-holding up till now, basically high-touch, high-touch sales. And we are going to automate everything before we send out that email where they're they're going to sign up themselves i don't create their username and password like i have been they're going to come to a form and they have to enter their credit card details and that kind of stuff and then they get inside and we have to have onboarding that's good enough to get them to a point where they're it's where they achieve that first good feeling you know where Mm -hmm. they where they actually start getting value out of it basically yeah so i'm definitely ready (laughs) yeah yeah i am too so what are we looking at for the next week we're going to get uh, work on our onboarding things. So get, um, you recorded some videos yesterday. That's right. Get some of those embedded in the app on our blank slate pages. You know, when they haven't set up a campaign, what are we going to show? What are we going to show on the dashboard? How are we going to present them with the JavaScript snippet? All these things mm-hmm. to help with um, onboarding. My goal is that we are sending out the pre-launch email to low three figures of people on our launch list who fit you know, exact, the exact value prop of what we're offering now. And you have two weeks of development work to get done before then mm-hmm. is, is about what it amounts to. Well, here we are halfway through August, potentially a week away, less than a week away from a pre-launch yes. where hopefully we'll be emailing a couple hundred people. It's exciting. Yeah? Yeah. How's it feel? Feels good. We just wrapped up yesterday our in-app onboarding feature that basically puts a little wizard style control up at the top of the app screen that guides the user through setting up a campaign 
installing the JavaScript on their website and defining their first conversion goal. So yeah, we're on our way. So hopefully, you know, we may not record next Tuesday because frankly, an email might be going out and <laughs> it'll, it'll, it'll be interesting. I do feel like it's the calm before the storm, even though it's not that calm. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> right? I feel like I'm running, running fast trying to get yeah. stuff done. But it's the calm before you get a bunch of people signing up and you see what you just see what real users are going to encounter. More right. real users. We have real users already, but like a big wave of them. Yeah. And maybe it won't be anything. You know, if let's say we do send 200 emails. Maybe we get a, a 40% open rate. So 80 people open it and maybe you get 40% click-through rate. But my guess is that it will be higher. Based on the engagement so far of this list, Yeah, we could get... 30, 40, 50 signups in a, in a 24-hour period, right? which which would be fun. Mm-hmm. That would be fun to see that many people get in. And then I want to watch, I'm going to figure out how we monitor, but I want to figure out who, who's activating, who's not, how do we touch base with them. I mean, I guess the trial email sequence is, is designed to do that in an automated fashion, but I also think it could be worth some one-on-one help, right. you know, of looking in and saying, oh, they're making a common mistake here. How do we, how do we help them fix that? Yeah, you know? and that's something we can easily fairly easily add to the admin dashboard is basically checks on whether they've activated a campaign, installed their JavaScript, all those things. All the stuff we, we put in the onboarding, we can have a, a high-level view for us in the right. admin too. So. Right. Very good. Any other thoughts heading into it? No, just um, going to be cranking hard this week to try to knock out some of those essentials before, uh, before the email goes out. Okay, so here we are. We're approaching the end of August, August 23rd today. And just a couple days ago, we sent an email to 310 people who are on our, basically the early access list. And we called that pre-launch. The reason we did that is because the list is getting large. It's about 2,500 people now. And we didn't want to let 2,500 people, well, well, they wouldn't all come in at the same time. But if if you have a a 50% click-through rate or a 40% click-through rate, you're going to get 1,000 people coming into the app pretty quickly and trying to sign up and use and the, the just enormous support burden of getting people onboarded and answering all their questions is, is just too much. So we wanted to te- kind of test this process. Does our onboarding break for specific people? Do we not detect JavaScript on specific people's site because they have X, Y, and Z? And to get that fixed before 10 people have the problem, we want to get it fixed when one person has the problem. We basically gave them a, a discount for about 72 hours. They can get into Drip. We'll build, build their sequence for free and do some other fancy stuff. So there's, you know, it's encouragement to to get them in now rather than later. It's been quite successful so far. Yeah, I think it's something like 57 signups since we sent out the email. Since we sent out the email. Wow. Yeah. That's actually quite good. So that's a better conversion rate than I thought we would be. I, I figured if we didn't get 20, I really flubbed the, the marketing. And that if we right. got 40, I was going to be right. happy. So 57 is, is definitely positive now. We have a 21-day trial, so there's no revenue from that yet, but we now have to figure out how, how do we get these 57 people, as many of them as possible, to experience some, some value right. you know, quickly, because yes. there's a lot of work to getting onboarded with an email app like this, where they actually have to write a sequence. All that to say, so far, very pleased with, with how all that's going. It was funny. We, we got in here the day the email sent, and we were both sitting around, and it was like, wow, that was really anticlimactic. <laughs> right, we we kept waiting right. for like things to go haywire and all these signups to come in and all that stuff, and it didn't happen right away. It was the next day, right? It went out on Wednesday, and it was Thursday morning that I woke up and I was like, "Oh my gosh!" There's a bunch of emails, it's a bunch of questions. There were a few kind of odd, like little bugs slipping through, and just a lot of issues. And so you and I have just been pulled off of 
any projects we're actually working on in terms of features or building, you know, writing copy or stuff and pretty much manning. I've been manning support and helping out get our, you know, get Andy, that tier one email support guy, getting him up on boarded with the stuff. And then you've pretty much just been putting out fires since yeah. we started to talk a little bit about that. Let's see. We discovered another bug that, you know, dropped a few deliveries that should have been sent for campaigns. And so, you know, things like that, like just, just right when I start getting back onto one of the projects, another little thing will come up. I'll just be watching the logs and see, see an error come up or someone will report that they, you know, were seeing a, seeing an error page in one area of the app. So nothing major, but just enough to keep me on my toes. And sometimes uh, you forget about eating and sleeping for long stretches of time as you're yep. <laughs> hammering out exactly. these issues. Exactly. Yeah, I think we- I've been up till two o'clock the last couple of nights, just, you know, hammering out stuff and making sure after I deploy a fix, then I have to watch the logs for a while and make sure it's happening. You know, it's all working properly. So Right. Yeah, we feel like a real... Um quote-unquote real you know 70 hour a week startup yeah like we're in the valley or something like like would be portrayed in a movie we don't run that like that long term you know like i haven't felt stressed about this for a long time and i felt a little bit of anxiety leading up to the launch just to make sure everything was good and then yeah this week has by far been the most i won't even say it's stressful it just there's a lot of you're just you can't really work on anything because you're just being thrown one email one question after another you know and for you it's one technical issue that comes up after another this is totally to be expected right i mean there's nothing surprising about this and this is why we're we're doing it so slowly this is why we you know got the customer zero which was our hit tail was live in april and we're now at the end of august so we are talking we're toying with the idea depending on how much we get done of of actually launching to the wider list which is another 20 right now it's 2200 people in about two weeks but we need to figure out if we can get there. You know, that yeah. we have a few things that have to get built before we can do that. And and this little test has called those out even more. And so depending on how much you and I are hung up on just doing kind of getting support and, and fixing fires, we'll see if, if that other stuff can get done in time. Right. But that would be really cool to basically launch first week of September type thing. Yep. Okay, so here we are. We're at end of August. We're almost flipping into September. We did our pre-launch last week. I think we recorded the podcast kind of in the middle of that. That was a three-day launch. And we emailed about 300 people. Um, we got about 60-something trial signups from that. So it was just over 20% conversion rate, which I was pleased with. So we're done with that launch. I thought the, I was really pleased with how the launch went. We basically battle-tested a lot of you know the sign-up form and our Stripe integration, and we have trial emails that go out, onboarding, kind of all that stuff. I, I felt good about it. What? What? You have any thoughts on it? Yeah, I think last time we talked, I just was like in the middle of or had just finished fixing a few um, unsettling bugs that were found in, during the battle testing process, and since then we haven't really had any other major any other major things come up. So. As far as the stability of the app, I feel pretty good. Now, just today, we were talking about some scaling challenges that we're going to be hitting a lot earlier than other app developers would because we are handling so much um, analytics data. So we have like a a visitor's table with hundreds of thousands of rows in it already uh, just from our own traffic and from the few 
you know, early access customers and now this wave of people. So um, that's definitely something we're going to have to address sooner rather than later. And um, it's going to be interesting. Yeah, it's nice we have a plan in place, but it's definitely early, earlier than I would like to be yeah. thinking about scaling. Right. Because right. it's scaling for me is like uh, bookkeeping and taxes and stuff. It's it's not as bad as those things, but it doesn't move the business forward. Like we don't make any more money, get any more customers mm-hmm. because of scaling. It's just a given that it has to be there, right? Taxes have to be done. Bookkeeping has to be done, but it's not a new feature. It's not a new marketing effort, you know, not a new integration or anything. So, right. but I think we have a decent plan in place on how to do that. Yeah. And I feel good about it. It feels good to be back. You know, you're, you're building features again. It feels like the app's moving forward. I like that. Yeah. Um, most of the support stuff coming through, has you know myself and, and Andy our tier one support guy have been able to handle so that's been good so we'll know I you know we have a 21 day trial so we'll know in really in about two weeks from now how many people are going to stick around and that's I think when things really the rubber meets the road the rubber met the road last week and it met the road you know yeah. three weeks ago so it's not like we haven't hit milestones but that's kind of a first big that's going to be a revenue bump or not you know we're really going to see what what happens there Right. Um, and so I'm hustling in the meantime to try to get more people onboarded, you know, to get people. Um, we're putting together email sequences for free for some people. If, if they have content, we will compile it for free, that kind of stuff, really going out and experimenting, frankly. First, we were going to charge for it. And most people didn't do it. So then I just said it's free and we're getting a lot more takers. And uh, the logic there, of course, is once we get you onboarded, you're you're much less likely to, you're, you're just unlikely to cancel with a service like this. Right. I think that's where we stand. All right. Until next time. So here we are. It's the uh, first week of September, and uh, I'll apologize in advance for the background noise. I'm outdoors at a Starbucks, but it's the only place that I could get to to record right now. From my end, it, you know, in terms of, of drip progress, it doesn't seem like much has changed since last week. I mean, we kind of still have that cohort of... of you know, 50 trials, 50 or 60 trials, trying to get as many onboarded as we can. There are some people that are just obviously not going to be onboarded that really did go in to kind of kick the tires and take a look around the app. I click through to their sites and there's nothing there, you know, and, and Drip is not yeah. going to provide $49 uh, a month worth of value to someone without a website or, or without traffic. Some people have uh, a very basic website, but it's obvious, you know, that they don't really have a lot. They have one blog post as an example. So it's like, well, this is probably not a heavily trafficked website. And so right. I am trying to, you know, just realize those people will, they will not convert. It's not a good fit for them. You know, it wouldn't even be good if they convert because they're not going to get value out of it. So... That's some of the stuff I've been looking through is kind of trying to get a realistic assessment of how many people I think will actually become customers after this this 21-day trial ends. How about you? What's going on from the development end? Um, Let's see. I think since we last talked, we implemented like a complete cancellation flow so that, you know, that's something we didn't have in when basically if someone wanted to cancel before, we just kind of manually go into the database and close out their account and make sure they weren't didn't get billed. So we got that, and we actually spent quite a bit of time on the honing down the um, the copy on there. You know, depending on whether they've activated all, you know, completed the whole onboarding flow, we display a different message. You know, saying, "Hey, you haven't gotten set up yet, and you need some help," and things like that. So I, I'm really happy with how that feature came together. Let's see, just really working down the down the backlog, implementing the the last things that are really necessary before we do our public launch. Yeah, that's that's really about it on my end. It's it's the I think of it as like it's not plumbing in in terms of you know back end database stuff, but it's like uh, front end app 
plumbing, right? It's the things, it's the update my password. Okay. And we, you know, you added a site settings thing. That was a little over a week ago, but it's a bunch of things you don't need to actually have an app and to have people paying for it, but you right. do need it to start to send hundreds of people into an app because otherwise you're going to get, oh, I need to reset my password. Oh, I need to update my email. Oh, how do I cancel? And you just get this over, you get an overwhelming flow of, uh, of support requests if you haven't automated that. Right. And that's what I feel like we've really been kind of focusing on is getting it to the point. The app now is usable, providing value. There are people paying for it. We know that we solve a problem. Uh, the next step is how do we scale it up a little bit? Not scale it to 5,000 customers, but how do we scale this to a few hundred customers? And or, or even, you know, I mean, we have a couple thousand on the launch list. So how do we scale it to a couple, a thousand or 2,000 people coming in and kicking the tires and not be completely overwhelmed and just working nonstop for five days to, uh, to respond to email support requests? Right. Yeah, those are the kinds of things that we don't want to be doing manually once we get a lot of people in there. Yep. You know, I don't want to be wasting time on canceling people manually in the database. Right. So. Yeah, I guess the other thing is the timeline for the launch, and I don't I don't have a good answer for that. I guess it really it depends on what what the dev queue looks like, you know, the development queue and how that turns out. I'm looking at it right now, but I mean, we have a, still a couple weeks worth of work left. Yeah. You know, on this. And so it's it's comes down to a choice of like, all right, do I just start hacking stuff like I did? You know, we did last time where I cut out like 80% of what we were going to build and we just launched without it. Mm-hmm. Or do we do we bite the bullet and, and sit here and finish this stuff and potentially launch the last week of September or launch in October when I'm in Europe? To me, if we're going to finish this, you know, the way it's it is in the queue, I'll be in Europe when we launch. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, it's a tough call. Yeah. And those, so those have been the two things on my mind. And I don't think there's a right answer, but I do think that I'll have to make a call on those soon. All right, so here we are, September 10th. That's about a week after we last spoke. I feel like quite a bit has happened in terms of the like the product direction. There's there's a bunch that's up in the air. You and I spent probably three or four hours on Friday discussing whether we want to continue to be basically a full service email provider all the way from the front end of email capture to sending emails, to testing emails, to uh, you know split testing, to conversions, kind of being on both sides of this fence. Um, someone wrote me an email, a guy I really respect, and he said, look, the people he's talking to, and the people he's talking to are in the blogging space, so it's not software companies, so I, we have to take it with a grain of salt. But he said, basically, you, you're sitting on both sides of a fence where, you know, on one side, you have Constant Contact, MailChimp, AWeber, kind of these, these very, very large companies who are sending email. And on the other side, you have some more upstarts, but they are basically trying to create really good email capture devices. And so you, you're competing against basically funded companies, or at least very successful companies on both sides, and you're trying to span that whole thing should you consider dumping one or the other, you know, or it, actually his, right. his proposal was to just have two pricing tiers and only offer, you know, the front end email capture at a lower price. And then if you want to actually send through our stuff to, uh, to charge more for that. And that sent us off on a long conversation. And then I literally 20 hours over the weekend, um, thinking and writing and talking to people and making notes and, and looking through things. And that pr- I thought I had an answer coming in Monday morning. And then now since then I've had more conversations and I really, still do not have a good answer for this question. I do know that just thinking about it has made me, it's kind of lifted a wave of stress. I've been feeling fairly stressed for about a week or two because I'm just wondering who's going to convert, who's really using this, does everybody still need this, is it good enough? You know, it's all the, I mean, we're coming up on the three end of a three-week trial period for about 40 
trial users. That's our. This is our first big. It's a pre-launch, right? It's the email we sent out a few weeks ago, and right. those people will be charged late tonight. And so this is kind of a day of reckoning of like how many people will convert, and then over the next week, how many people will come back and be like, "Oh, you built my credit card accidentally. I need a refund," which of course we give, and that starts factoring into churn numbers. You know, what what is right. the? I mean, we really we're going to learn so much here in the next. 24 hours and then so much in the next, you know, five to seven days in terms of is the product working as it is today or do we need to, to take some evasive action and think about serving that other market that, that this guy was, you know, emailing about kind of not just the hardcore software people, but thinking about, um, you know, uh, bloggers and their needs and, and that kind of stuff. So that's, right. that's kind of been what's, what's going on, you know, for my end. What are your thoughts on all that? Yeah, I mean, it's it's funny because I remember we, it feels like a big, in some ways, a step back to be thinking about this kind of thing again. And I know we, um, it was back months ago, earlier this year, where we where we batted this around um, early on, whether we were going to send emails or just be a layer on top of existing providers. And one of the big reasons we decided to push ahead with our own autoresponder engine, basically, is because the major tools out there, MailChimp being the top one, it was very difficult to set up autoresponders. Autoresponders are not a first-class citizen in that app, as I like to say, because it's kind of bolted on to this email newsletter software, this ability to to send follow-up sequences. So, you know, the flow was not intuitive. We thought the workflow was really bad. And we also wanted to be able to control aspects so that we could track conversions all the way through easily, you know, and be able to see like when, when users open an email and then that fires off an event in our system that then qualifies them to be a, a conversion attributed to drip and, and all this stuff that would be we thought would be, you know, really difficult to do if we didn't control the email sending part of it. And so now just revisiting this, it's it's kind of interesting to circle back and see, you know, now that we have so much more information. And I think we kind of, we figured out that it would actually be somewhat easier to do than we originally expected. Yeah, that's been kind of interesting. Yeah, it has. And it's been, I've been in conversations with probably four or five people. And at this point, it's split 50-50. Basically, half of them said, I would really just want to use Drip as the, f- the fastest way to build my list, but not as the actual mm-hmm. email sending mechanism. And then the other two said, I already have MailChimp and I already have ways to capture emails. But what I like about what you're doing is how easy you made it to get set up. I love the UI. I, it was just the autoresponder feature was a no brainer. And if you do away with that, I wouldn't stay a customer. I have no reason to stay a customer. And mm. so that was that's where I'm like, wow, <laughs> it's possible we have a 50-50 split of people who would use it as a front end. It would be a less expensive product if we only went front end, you know, if we were only the capture form. Right. We may have half the people who want to do that and half the people who want the whole bucket. In which case, we need to figure out if we try to tier, you know, tier the product, right? Where your tier one is a lower price and it's just the front end stuff and you're using MailChimp to send the emails and a tier two is more expensive and drip is the whole shebang and you get all our fancy UI and conversion tracking and all that stuff. You know what it requires, honestly, is more, I need to email more early access customers, and I need to email more, get in conversation with more people who convert tonight. Right. We need more data. I feel like I've, like we've talked it to death and I've thought about it to death. And at this point, we need yeah. uh, you know, just some more data points to, to help make that decision. I think both you and I would love to simplify the product, charge a little bit of a lower price, simplify yeah. it, throw out a bunch of the functionality. That sounds like a big weight off my shoulders, to be honest. But there's something about what we've built that really it truly is unique yep that makes a lot of sense 
How about from a technical side? What's going on? I mean, I guess the the funny part is, you know, we've had trial users in there for 21 days, and what are you, what are you pushing live today? Pushing live the billing engine today. Right. So something <laughs> most, pe- most people would build on day one, right? Right. Yeah. I mean, that speaks to how we've, the approach we've taken for the whole product really is we just, we added delete buttons right when people started asking for them, you know, as soon as customers are actually in there needing to delete something. Similarly, we're just adding the billing engine right before we um, have to do our first wave of real billing. So yeah, it's, it's good. It's rounding out and I've spent a good amount of time, um, on testing this thing and and making sure that it's a well-functioning piece of the app without too many bugs in it. <laughs> yeah, so. cool. That's exciting to me because I've you know yeah. we've already billed. I would need to look almost a thousand dollars over the past couple of months. So we do have revenue at this point, um, but I've been billing it manually, literally clicking a button, entering a value, and it's just a manual you know bill to Stripe. And so this is really the first hands-free billing, assuming it all goes well, um, first hands-free billing right. we'll have. And then by next week, we should know a lot more based on how billing goes tonight and, and some other email conversations I plan to strike up. So here we are, uh, September 18th, another week down. I think the exciting news is that the 21-day trials have essentially expired on the kind of the, the pre-launch we did to the 300 emails and our conversion rate was was good. I'm pleased with with how many people were able to get onboarded and how many people converted and so revenue is approaching 2000 bucks a month. It was at 500. It was at like 400 2 months ago. It was at 490 I think last month and then this month it should be around 1750 is my guess. I think we're at 1400 right now and we we only have a handful of people left to build this month. So quite pleased with that. Given that we still have 85% of the list left to email, I feel like we're ready to kind of hit this pretty hard. And my original concept of emailing 300 just to test and then emailing the rest of the list has totally gone out the window because the amount of time and effort it took to get those 300 it wasn't all 300 but the the people that did sign up to get them onboarded was enormous because we're doing a lot of manual stuff we're offering to do build their their course from scratch Uh, well I shouldn't say from scratch if they have content we will build their five-day mini course originally I was going to charge for that and that that's one thing such a learning curve, you know, or not a learning curve, such a learning experience to do that launch to those 300 because we noticed that people weren't getting onboarded, you know, they just weren't paying the, originally it was going to be 299 bucks and then I said, well, make it 99 bucks and then I just said, well, let's just make it free for a week and a bunch of people did it and all of those people stuck around and it's like, well, wait a minute. If, the li- if our lifetime value, you know, is way higher than that, which it should be, this makes no sense to charge for this, you know. We we need to get as many people getting value from Drip as we can, and in order to do that, let's create their courses from their content. So we still offer a higher end, you know, product concierge service where we're, they, we will write it from scratch. I have a, an email writer, but no one's taken me up on that yet. Um, so all that to say, we can't just email. I mean, the launch list now is approaching three thousand basically, and we emailed three hundred, and that was crazy for like seven or eight days. The pl- the current plan is to email another chunk next week. Basically let another block in. I, my gut is to do 600 people because the first 300 that we emailed, there were about half of them were handpicked. 
to, and they were supposed to be higher converting. So my guess is if we do 600, we won't get twice as many customers, you know, from the 300 because the 300 were just more qualified leads. They had, they had responded to a survey and, and done some stuff. So I mean, we almost pivoted the whole product. I don't know that, did we even discuss this on the podcast, but there was. Yeah, I think we did. And I think we said at that point that we need more data and that was going to come after we did billing, right? And the general consensus we're getting now is that this is resonating with people in its current form, right? And so the data right now is pointing to keeping keeping email sending functionality in drip, right? Right. I agree. Yeah, the data and the, the one-on-one interviews in general have said what you've built today is valuable. And then and that's what we needed to validate. Yeah, I think that's it. I'm leaving for Europe, unfortunately. Well, fortunately, because it's going to be fun, microconf Europe and then vacation. But I'm going for a month with my kids and wife. <laughs> uh, it's going to be cr- pretty crazy. So that is literally 12 days out. And from, from today and six days from now, we'll be sending an email to these 600 or 1,000 people, you know, whatever it winds up being. Right. And so the, in, a, in a good way, the launch is only typically 72 hours, 48 to 72 hours is what I make them so that it, it is time limited. I don't, I mean, I will be around that full time. Um, but then the week after is what got crazy because we were doing so much onboarding and so much handholding and question answering and all that stuff. I mean, I will leave kind of in the middle of that week because I will be on email once a day, but man, I'm not going to have time to, to actually do work. You know, it's going to be answering questions, putting out fires, but I can't do the level of support that I was doing uh, three weeks ago. So we're one week later, September 25th, um, basically on the eve of me leaving for Europe for a month. Since last week, um, we have essentially launched to another 600 people via email. These were folks, these were the first 600 emails that we got on the list way back when. And so they are definitely less likely to convert. They're just, you know, some of these have been on the list for approaching a year, like 10 or 11 months. So we'll see. We'll see how it goes. I also think a lot of the folks on this list, this is, you know, the first place I mentioned it was my podcast. So you get that kind of the curse of the audience is is you get 200, 300, 400 people on a list that are interested in seeing what you do, but aren't necessarily at a, at a place where they're willing to pay $50 a month for, for a software product like this. Their, their businesses just don't support it. We still have another 2,100 to launch to after this because the list just hit 3,000 which I guess is another milestone I hadn't even thought about but I just ticked over the 3,000 mark and so um, we've launched to just over 900 realistically I think I'm thinking about doing another launch to another 600 next week you know because it's we've been able to handle it this time Mm -hmm. so hopefully that speaks to the improvement of our onboarding and stuff Uh, maybe it just speaks to the disinterest of these people and that they're not you know rattling the cages and installing the code and actually uh, using the app and, and, and asking for new features. I think that's the update from my end. How about, how about yours? Yeah, um, in the last week or so, um, we got a lot of our new fleshed out marketing pages live on the website. So we built out a tour page that has full copy and screenshots on there. Built out more of our pricing page with a with our new pricing structure that we kind of arrived at. Oh, you did the terms of service. The terms of service, policy. yeah. Just a bunch of, it's kind of all the pages you need to re, to truly pu- publicly launch. You know? Right, yeah. It's good to get those live. And then since launch, uh, or since our 600-person our launch, we've just had a number of small requests, like you mentioned. Um, little things like, hey, can I subscribe someone using the JavaScript client without actually using the opt-in form? And, you know, we have all that basically built into the client library already we just have to expose an interface for it so i was able to build that out in one day and we could email them back and say 
we are working on that right now. And a few hours later, you know, it was there for him. And and then we just got another quest for like, can I manually trigger the opt-in form and show it? And we just just now finished that uh, minutes before recording this. So it's kind of nice to be able to iterate rapidly on some of these requests. And, you know, people aren't requesting things that are going to take weeks to build, which is nice. I like being able to move that quickly. Like it's such a it's such a luxury of as you know essentially a three-person startup that that we can do this because if we were 20 people you just you can't move that fast okay so we are recording it is the third week of october it's uh, october 21st it's actually in the evening where i am i'm in italy pretty southern part of italy and a lot has happened in the past three or four weeks basically i've I've been kind of off the map, off the radar for, um, you know, about three, like I said, three or four weeks. Uh, MicroConf Europe happened in Prague. So I flew out in late September and had a, had a big queue of development stuff set up and frankly had the, had launches going all uh, of the month of October. Um, there's a bun- bunch of stuff that goes into that, but, you know, we had this 3,000-person launch list. And so we, we had launched to, I think it was less than 1,000 of those people that we'd launched to. Maybe it was just over 1,000. And so since then, a number of emails have gone out, and we've launched to another somewhere between 1,300 and 1,500 people while I was doing MicroConf Europe and then while I've been on vacation with my family. You probably heard one of my kids running around. I'm in a kind of a small little apartment here in, in Italy, and it's loud. Bottom line is a ton has gone on. It's been the you know longest gap between recordings that we've had since we started and so we really are catching up and we kind of wanted to catch up live and fresh and we haven't really discussed a lot of this stuff so that's where it stands uh kind of from my end i'd love to hear what's been going on from the development end what your thoughts are and and just i don't know how things are going yeah on the on the development front um we've been i think in the first few weeks you were gone we launched a few of our um Integrations, so we're now integrated with Aweber and Salesforce, which is good. You know, some integrations are some of them. You there? You dropped out. Here we are. Here we are, November 4th. Gosh, we haven't recorded for a couple weeks, right? Two or three weeks when I was in, in Europe for a month. Yep, yep. We launched to about 1,500 people on our email list while I was in Europe, and that all went pretty well. You were back here hustling and cranked out a bunch of stuff, integrations, API, you know, just a lot of big, kind of bigger features, and we essentially launched to 1,300, the final 1,350 people, we launched to them tomorrow morning. Um, They've already received two of the four emails, you know, of, of the launch sequence, and they know that it, it opens up tomorrow morning for them. And then we launched to the world on Wednesday, two days from now. And so that's why I wanted to record this podcast, because there's a lot going on right now and a lot, I think, a lot of anticipation of, yeah. of what's what's to come. How do you feel about things from a, a development, a technical perspective? Well, I'm feeling good about the feature-wise. The, you know, the app is functioning. We haven't had uh, too many things breaking. The only thing that's kind of on the urgent horizon right now is um, some reporting issues. So some of our 
heavy analytics queries that show up on the dashboard, you know, show all your um, unique visitors, how many people opened a form, how many people subscribed, all your conversion rate percentages. All these things are pretty heavy queries, and we're starting to notice for our own Hittail account, which has you know pretty high volume compared to everyone else, and then a few of our other high volume customers, they're just starting to see their reports pages time out because the queries are taking too long. And so we have a we've had our DBA on that for the past couple of days. He's put in some indexes, and things are still somewhat slow. So that's kind of the most urgent thing I'm working on right now is just trying to get those reports pages. I'd hoped we get further down the line before this would happen. Yeah. But it's just you know we have real time analytics essentially, and that's always. I mean, every time someone's website gets a page view, we get a ping you know, back to our server and we log something. And I mean, it's just with intensive apps like that, it's, it's non-trivial yeah. to, to, to support that from a performance perspective. So that's that. Yeah. I, and I'd agree with you in terms of features, we have, have hit kind of a, what in my mind is, is a, is a 1.0. Now that we have the API, we integrate with MailChimp, Aweber, Salesforce, you know, we, we have these big top level things. Split testing is, is done in sequences. Um, there's a bunch of other things that were on the original list and it's all done now and we we have what in my mind is kind of a, a problem solution fit with a group of people it's a certain group it's not a huge group we can tell you know the launch list is 3500 emails and like i said we've already gone through 2100 we're going to do another you know 1300 or so 1350 a certain percentage of those have decided to stick around we we solved their problem but there's this other group that I think could be even larger, or it's at least another it's another sizable group that Drip is just a little too simple for them still. And we need to get some additional features in, mostly around behavioral email and, and workflow and tagging. You know, kind of Infusionsoft-esque or, or Office Autopilot, where if someone clicks on a link about SEO, then you tag them with the SEO interest, and then the next sequence they get after they run out of this sequence is the SEO sequence. You know, it's, right. it's just a more complex but more powerful model and i think that's where we're headed next and i think that's going to solve even more people's problems and i think what we have to keep in mind as we build it is keep drip uh, solving the core problem it is today which is people who don't have an email mini course or an email sequence aren't collecting emails from their site today bam it's quick and you know they get it done and that you know we have 60 paying customers right now right they their problem is being solved but in order to get to a thousand you know 500 or a thousand I don't think we can stick with the current feature set. We got to figure out what's the next direction. What's the next thing we bite off? Right. So that's that's how I see the next kind of sixty days playing out. Since it is the first day of November, it's not the ideal time to launch um, because with with a three week trial that puts us you know around the week of Thanksgiving with trials ending, a lot of people are just going to cancel because they're not going to have time to deal right. with it. But we can't wait till next week because it's even worse. Every week now, it, it, we either do it today or you know this week. Or we wait until January, and I made the decision. I don't want to wait until January. I want to get it out there. Yeah, that's where we are. I am super excited, to be honest, to get this thing live. It is almost a year since you wrote the first line of code, and so it's cr- always crazy how long these things take. Yeah, it's it's interesting how this the whole uh, 
process of getting the slow launch process basically has helped a lot in shaping the product. I remember a couple months ago we were thinking, are we going to focus our efforts on duplicating features from MailChimp and those kinds of things where we're building out these fancy templates? And at that point, we didn't have enough information to decide. And it's and it's a good thing we did kind of slow launch and figure out what people need. And turns out now we're not even talking about that anymore. We're talking about more behavioral stuff. And I think that stuff's all going to come before the newsletter type functionality. And so I'm kind of glad that we took our time in rolling it out and figuring out what people need. Yeah. What's funny is people have been asking me for a couple months, hey, when are you launching Drip? And I was like, I- I'm launching it every week to, right. like, <laughs> to like 300, 600 people, you know? Yeah. It's felt, I mean, since we've had paying customers and, and production use for so long, that feels like it's live to me. Cause yeah. Because it, it is. It just, you can't come and sign up from the homepage yet. Right. But gosh, 3,500 people have had the opportunity to sign up. There's some apps that don't get 3,500 people interested in it in, in their entire lifetime, you know? Yeah. So we're kind of ahead of the game there. Yep. Yeah, it's definitely a crowded space and a yep. lot of a lot it seems like a lot of the email marketing companies are kind of wandering around trying to figure out, you know, what other areas can they expand into and there's a lot of overlap now. Yep. And just a lot of noise. So, yep. I couldn't I couldn't imagine being a someone and trying to figure out what app they're going to use for their email marketing and can they narrow it down to two apps or three apps or they have to get a whole bunch of apps just to cover all their bases, yeah. you know, it just it's we really need to have a clear voice in what we what we do and what we don't do. So it's November 12th. It's a week after our last recording and it's a week after basically our public launch to the world and our launch to the last 13 or 1400 people on our email list. Frankly, it feels like a lot has happened since then. Why don't you start off with kind of an update from your side, what's been going on, how you feel about things? Yeah, on the on the technical side, we just a couple days ago got done migrating our database over to our own custom setup on AWS. So before that, we were hosted on Roku Postgres, and we were paying a couple hundred bucks a month for a plan that was several gigs of RAM large. Basically, we were maxing out quickly on the the plan we were on, and I spent basically a whole week interfacing with our DBA, making plans and setting up some special reporting tables in our database to speed things up. And uh, we decided on Friday night to make the switch over to our own setup. And so we have a nice beefy database server now and a couple optimizations and uh, reports seem to be going super fast now, at least the the most important ones. So that's uh, definitely a big relief to get that done and off the table so that I can actually start focusing on feature development again. Yeah, last week may have been one of the more stressful weeks of the project of the last year. Yeah. Just because with the database having issues, it just it's a big deal, you know, it feel or at least it feels like a big deal. To be honest, everybody cut us slack because we were in touch with them, we let them know we've disabled it so you can use it and we're going to get this fixed quickly. And frankly, last week, if you think of everything that happened in the span of like five days, that's the testament to being agile, you know, and being right. being able to move quickly because we're just so small. In a big company, that could that exact process could literally take two to three months. I've seen it take two to three months, what we did in, in a few days, you know. And, and there's also urgency with us because at a big company, you know, you're not going to lose all your customers and go bankrupt. <laughs> Whereas in a startup like this, it's like we could have lost half our customer base, right? If we didn't do anything, if we waited two 
two, three more weeks, people would stop using the app. Right. And so it was a pretty big deal. But man, Friday night when we rolled it at whatever it was, midnight or one in the morning, big weight off my shoulders when those those reports got super fast. Yeah. And that was actually when I could enjoy the public launch because people were saying, coming up saying, congratulations on launching because we launched on when, Tuesday or Wednesday. And mm. I, I didn't feel that relieved about it until that 1 a.m. part Friday night where I felt like now we're launched and we're stable. Like when the app's not stable, I'm not stable. I think I'm going to put that on a t-shirt. <laughs> it <laughs> just, yeah, I mean, it really, it, it grinds on you, man. Because it's like you do all this work. We worked on this for a year, all the marketing and the development and just every, you know, all the promotion and getting people into it and getting the onboarding and everything. And you can, you can lose that quickly if you, if you have, you know, fail whale moments. It's so cool to have, you know, a, there's literally a couple hundred people semi-actively using the app. They're either paying us or they're pretty serious trialers. And so right. that's when you start to see the edges. And we're really, I feel like we're really smoothing out the rough edges of the product. Right. All the feature requests that are coming through are really small. Like we, we have an API now. We have two APIs, right? We have all the major features built. Everything now are little tweaks, little additions, little one to four hour features that, that need to refine the product. We have some these little rough edges to, to sort out. And then once those are done, I've had the vision for what 2.0 looks like based on yeah. customer requests and I think where we need to go in the market. Sweet. So here we are halfway through November, coming up on Thanksgiving here in the US. It's been a, a week since we last recorded. And frankly, today's podcast was going to be quite uneventful until yesterday. So I woke up at 8.30, was cooking breakfast, and turned on my phone to just listen to podcasts, which is what I usually do. And there was yeah. there were two texts from you, and one of them included the numbers 9 and 1 and 1, which is not a good <laughs> thing. So why, why don't you take it from there? Yeah, yeah, my phone was on. <laughs> and uh, the problem all started around 2 a.m., I believe. But uh, yeah, when I woke up, pulled over my phone and saw about 800 error notifications from our notification service, which is the last thing you want to see uh, as the one who's responsible for the technical integrity of a, of a service. Immediately start digging into it. You know, I'm half, half asleep, but looking through my phone, trying to click through to the, to the error service to see what's going on, and found about the worst possible thing you could find, which is a, a link to a documentation page for the error message that basically says, our email sending domain had been blocked. You know, it's bad because that's something that we have absolutely no control over. It's an external service that we're relying on for all the emails we send, and they've all not been sending for the last six hours. You and I split up and started doing stuff, and right. within half an hour, you had sent the emails that hadn't sent the night before? Yeah. Yeah, luckily we were able to to switch over to a different domain and then got to go back and forth with our provider about it and, and actually get to the bottom of why it happened. And it, overall, the outcome is not completely catastrophic. And it's actually funny because, you know, this happened Monday night between Sunday and Monday. And just Friday, we sat down at lunch and we were talking about our strategy for basically diversifying our risk with uh, email providers and basically saying, yeah, this is probably in the next couple of weeks time horizon that we're going to start thinking about this. And then sure enough, Monday forces us to uh, get on that a little bit quicker. But it's not like it's something we hadn't thought of before. So that's yeah. now number one through five in the queue. <laughs> and you are you're cranking through those issues just 
ways of round robining. Now we have multiple domains we're sending from. We have, we're going to integrate multiple third-party email services to send those emails, and we're round robining between them. I mean, there's a lot of redundancy that we're going to build in. Now, I mean, this this shutdown was, I'll say it was partially accidental because they had some type of filter that was triggered based on some criteria. And when I actually chatted with them, the guy looked and said, oh, okay, I can re-enable this. So the fact that he re-enabled it tells me that it really maybe shouldn't have been disabled, you know? Stressful is how I would summarize. Yesterday, and I actually came yes. home and laid down and took a nap uh, for about 20 minutes. I was so incredibly, t- I was like exhausted because it, it was purely mental strain. The things we're putting in place, the code and the safeguards and, and other things that we're putting in place are all, we're not running from fire to fire. We are actually putting the fire out and then we're making sure we don't leave the pile of dried leaves there again. Our database issues from two weeks ago are fixed. I mean, we, we are on an enormous database server. Right. And then once we get the stuff you're doing in place, my expectation is that even if we see a hiccup like this in the future, we will have the switching power and the diversity, you know, to be able to get around that. It just it's just one by one figuring out these hiccups and getting over them without losing customers, without having downtime. Right. Yeah, it's this kind of thing like if we if we architected this whole system from the beginning, it would have been questionable whether we were uh, over-optimizing prematurely. So. I agree. Yeah, I do yep. think it would have been yep. premature. Halfway through November, you know, nothing's going to happen the rest of the year. I mean, no big marketing pushes. This is when the world starts really snoozing, kind yeah. of looking forward to the holidays. So it's not a time to really start pushing new avenues. I feel like it's time for us to shore ourselves up technically, get through tr- as many of these features as we can, retain the customers we have. Yeah. And then we kind of have an ace up our sleeves um, where we're going to be going into the workflow and behavioral email stuff. And that, to me, is the next 60 days. Because 60 days puts us about halfway through January, which is the perfect time to just take off like a rocket. Yeah, I feel like this is a good timing for us because we do have we do have a steady trickle. We had an, have a nice bump up in our original customer base when we made it through the email list so now we have a nice a nice little base of revenue to go off of but you know now a few months to regroup and catch up basically and i think it's it's really good timing So here we are approaching the end of November. It's just a couple days before Thanksgiving in the U.S. What's going on new in the development side? So this past week, I spent most of the week building out redundancy in our email sending system. And now that's that's all live and working. And so now we're distributed across 10 different domains or something like that across several email providers. So it feels really good to have that done. Aside from that, now we just kind of went through and took another high-level look at the, at the development queue to kind of plan out what exactly our next 60 days are going to look like. And so spent most of yesterday kind of putting our estimates on everything. And, and then um, and now you're going through and just kind of uh, putting some of the shorter tasks at the top and then figuring out what's top priority now. One of the big features is this email. It's like workflow or a rules engine that kind of moves people in and out of different campaigns based on their actions they take and, you know, sends them different emails based on actions they take. Right. And that's kind of our next big push, big killer feature, I think. We've had it had it requested a lot and I think there's space in the market for a 
simpler version of that. Then the other news is it you know it's approaching the end of the month and we launched at the beginning of the month so a lot of 21 day trials are coming due and and people are migrating to customers and we had a really nice billing night last night in terms of uh, volume highest night we've ever had actually with Grab and so this month looks like it's going to be several thousand dollars of recurring revenue growth over last month and that's in line with my estimates we staying we staying on the hockey stick right now yeah we totally are <laughs> actually it's so funny when you have this big email list because you do hockey stick because you can email 1500 people it feels good it feels good to be wrapping up the year and to you know there was a point where i was concerned we weren't going to launch before the end of the year and and i pushed it pretty hard to get emails sent and get folks using it while i was in europe so that we could send this this last batch of emails and launch publicly in early november and i i'm glad we did yeah, I think it gives, yeah, December is going to give us a chance to kind of get caught up a little bit when everyone's, not too many people are paying attention or, you know, watching how quickly, you know, big features are being put out. So it kind of gives us a little bit of time. Very good. Talk to you next week. All right, so here we are. It's uh, December 3rd. It's the week after Thanksgiving. Basically, all of the launch emails that had gone out in early November either converted or not at the end of November. And so we had a, a very solid revenue growth month, and revenue just peaked out over 7,000 of, of monthly recurring. It was a very awesome growth month. It was in line with expectations, but it exceeded my... I, I'm a pessimist, so I kind of say, oh man, it has to be over five grand, or I'm going to be really upset. Anything over that is gravy. Right. So that's yep. where I am with it. Yeah, that's cool. It's kind of cool to watch the metrics, watch the monthly numbers tick up. And then we're also tracking some of our other metrics and to watch those get closer and closer to where we want them to be is is kind of cool to watch. Right, like churn and lifetime value. Yeah. Pay. Like, those are all so out of whack because of this. You know, you do a time-sensitive or a time-pressured launch via email and you get a lot of people in who otherwise wouldn't have started. So you, your numbers are off and churn is off and all that stuff. Right. But yeah, you're right. As time is ticked on, we're starting to see them move into the ranges that, that we want them to be long-term. So what's what's ahead for us? It's first week of December. We know we're not going to be launching anything major in the next four weeks. Yeah, well, we just kind of, we sat down and looked at the list again and, and basically prioritized a lot of smaller things that we wanted to get done but aren't major feature releases to get done in December. I think we have about four to five weeks worth of work. So this is all a big push leading up to our next major milestone, I'd say, which is a behavioral workflow engine. It adds a whole other level of power to Drip, and it is one of our top requested features. That's really the next major milestone. We'll probably start development on that in the next couple of weeks. And we also, in the past week or two, we, we crossed the 100-paying customer mark, right? So we're climbing. I was pleasantly surprised. For some reason, I wasn't expecting it when I saw that happen, but it was because of that, that wave of signups during a public launch. It started boom, boom, boom. Active yep. customers quickly zoomed up from 80 to 100 in a matter of days. Right. So that, that was kind of cool. This has been perhaps my favorite week is the last seven days. Just seeing things come to fruition and realizing, wow, we've A, built something people wanted. B, I feel like we're hitting a critical mass of users who are giving us solid feedback and solid feature requests. A lot of them in line with where we want to head the product anyways. That feels good. Like Kind of like, hey, we might actually know what we're doing here. Well, here we are. It's almost one year since our last recording. It's crazy. I know. I know. <laughs> one thing I was reflecting, uh, listening back 
to all of our recordings and realized that towards the end, we started talking about what was next for us, which is this rules engine behavioral email. And it was almost funny to hear us talk about it in retrospect, because I thought it was going to take 60 days to build, and it wound up taking five or six months to get everything out, really out in front of people. Also realized that we were having trouble describing what it was that people were asking for, right? This ability to move people in and out of sequences based on behavior. And so we kept using rules engine behavioral email and that stuff, but it turns out there was already a word for it, a (laughs) phrase for it, and it's marketing automation. Right. And so that's what we've become, right? Drip is now lightweight marketing automation. I thought it was really interesting that we embarked on this on this rules engine or the marketing automation stuff, thinking that it would take a couple of months and it wound up taking five or six. Do you remember like what went down during that time? That was kind of from December ish of last year to about May. It's kinda of hard for me to pinpoint, but I think It's just kind of the same chaos factor, I guess, is one way to describe it. It's just the reality of like simultaneously building features and also having to support, you know, an application that's in production being used by hundreds of customers. And I think all of those factors just kind of slows things down. And the other thing, in the middle of that process, we started onboarding our second developer. So that added an extra burden of time on me you know in addition to building features now i'm helping coordinate the efforts of another person we went from a team of you know essentially it was it was you and i and our support guy who was working part-time and then now it's it's five of us total full-time it's a big difference when you start growing a team because you as a developer as the lead developer definitely become much less efficient I guess to update folks, we've turned Drip into lightweight marketing automation software, and essentially we relaunched it as Drip 2.0. I wrote a couple blog posts about that, some pretty in-depth stuff about the transition, and I emailed the original launch list again and let them know that Drip was really a more advanced product now, that it fits in between, there's MailChimp and Aweber and the typical email newsletter software, and then you jump up to like $300 a month, and you're at Infusionsoft and, and Entreport, and there was nothing in the middle. There was nothing in between that could do tagging and basic marketing automation stuff moving people in and out of sequences and that's what drip has become it's that in between things have really picked up since we did that whether you call it product market fit or having low churn we finally hit the point where i think we really built something that people wanted and needed i really feel like in the past few months the product made made another step like it's in another phase in terms of being able to get a lot of customers in and have it meet their needs and having churn go way down and we've had dozens of people migrating off of MailChimp and Aweber, a few from Infusionsoft. I and mean, for people to move their list is a big deal. And that wasn't happening in mass like it was before we basically repositioned it and added all these features of marketing automation. I think one interesting loop to close is that our very first customer that we attempted to get on is now fully on to Drip. Yeah, as of about a week ago, right? Ruben yeah. from BidSketch. And that's crazy because his quote-unquote complicated use case, which was more complicated than MailChimp could handle and was more complicated than Drip could handle at the time, is now something that we actually do a really good job of. And we didn't need to build anything custom for him. He just right. dropped in and all the features we had worked. Feels yeah. really good because it's such a long journey. It's it's a longer journey than I would have thought. Even having done this as many times as I have, I always forget how long this stuff takes. And this is a more certainly a more ambitious product than I've embarked on in the past. How about you? Do you have any lessons learned after listening back to our two hours of audio? Probably the one of the biggest lessons is it's really difficult to estimate how long things will take, and I guess it requires a lot of patience. I can empathize with you as a founder that the amount of time it takes to to bring a product to the level of maturity that drips at and get to the point of being able to scale it is just a, a massive effort. 
it's really hard to pinpoint what customers want, even in even if you've had a bunch of conversations with them. It just always seemed like until someone actually used it, those the the real details didn't come out. Yeah, and and on that same note, like listening to the listening to customers tell us the problems they're having, and a lot of times they try to come up with a solution, but in reality, as the people building the product, we kind of have to take all this information and distill it down and figure out what the right solution is and oftentimes it's different than what the customer's asking for. If we build every feature requested by our customers, the product would be an absolute mess. It would right. be a catastrophe. It'd be a, a bunch of settings and checkboxes and just a mess. It would be a tangled web of stuff. We have to be the gatekeepers. A discussion you and I get in often is someone requests something, we know we want to build it, but one of us brings up, how do we build this thing that only 10% of our customers use, but they're really going to need it, but how do we build it in such a way that it doesn't negatively impact the experience of the other 90% of the people? So it's been almost two years since you first broke ground on the code, and it really has been a huge learning experience for both of us, I think. I've enjoyed a lot of it as much as as the stress comes through in our voices on the recordings, and I have memories of of stressful weeks here and there. Just the sheer joy of building something from nothing has been worth it for me. Yeah, it has been a really fun ride, and it's been definitely a a great creative outlet to grow my own skill set and work on interesting challenges and user interface and it's just been a blast this audio documentary is made possible through the generous support of drip drip is email marketing automation that doesn't suck Forget static email newsletters. Drip enables you to send customized emails to your subscribers based on their behavior. If you've outgrown your email marketing software and find yourself adding hack after hack to keep up with your needs, visit getdrip.com to move from the dark ages into email enlightenment.